We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You're listening to Building the Broncos with Nick Kendall and Carl Dummler, Broncos Country's leading draft and scouting analysts. Get on over to milehighhuddle.com to sound off on all things Broncos. Yeah, I know, of course. We always say Tuesdays, man. You do not want to miss a Tuesday around here. Uh, no, Tuesday World was great. I, I did have my, uh, I guess, my little temper tantrum when I saw that the news broke on a Tuesday. And I did get to watch your guys' show. Yeah. And the whole time I'm just going, oh, I should have been there. And my wife's like, I'm I'm sorry, and I'm like I. It's not your fault. We're here having a great time. I can't let this ruin that. Um, but yeah, I, I missed that opportunity to get to talk all that with you guys. And obviously, I mean, well, tonight we're going to talk plenty of coaches because that's mm-hmm. still the the talk of the town right now. And you got Sean Payton with his press conference yesterday with plenty of information coming through on that. You got assistant coaches coming in for interviews. So yeah, plenty to talk about. But yeah, Disney World was great. Got to go do all my Star Wars stuff. My lightsaber actually arrived in the mail today. Yes, I am that guy. I built my own lightsaber. Didn't want it to break, so I had them ship it. So I didn't have to put it in my suitcase. <clears throat> and I was very excited when I lit it up the first time today. Man, well, uh, God bless him. Broncos country is lighting up right now with the news of Sean Payton, the head coach. And let's say hello to some people. The chat is lighting up as well. If you guys are jumping, in, uh, jumping us in, in here today on Facebook, YouTube, make sure you click the thumbs up on the way in. We got Phil McLaughlin right now clicking the thumbs up. And you guys in the chat and Carl, keep me accountable to my internet right now. It says I have one bar. Hopefully it'll keep on uh, trudging along just like we are. Dylan Von Arks, good to see you, Dylan. Dylan texted me. Happy birthday yesterday. So appreciate that, Dylan. Thanks for the shout out. Uh, saying, sup, Broncos country. Make sure you guys hit the like button on the way in. Share on all platforms and subscribe if you haven't already. Our guy Riptie Rip, I saw you in here. And uh, when Carl had to jump out because of technical difficulties, I put in the chat saying, we'll be right with you. Uh, please hold on because I know Rip uh, likes some punctuality. So I appreciate that, Rip. I do too. I like, if, if you're supposed to be somewhere at a certain time, then God bless. Try to do that within like a five-minute air bar, you know. But yeah. uh, it's fine. Um, but uh, totally fine. Russell's a wannabe. He has to prove otherwise. I mean, he is... There's kind of a, I would say, kind of a front to the personality. He's kind of always been that guy. But as a wannabe, I don't know. I, you could argue that he's inauthentic. Uh, I think that's one of the bigger things, you know, if you want to use even the phony on that. But I don't know about a wannabe. He just kind of is. I, I don't know, not to, not to microanalyze uh, him too much, uh, but uh, he's, he's, he's a different dude. Yeah. You know, you just run into those people who are just, they, they dance to their own beat. Mm-hmm. And they just don't seem to notice that they do. And that's kind of Russ and his wife, Sierra, as well. They, they both kind of have that weird personality. They kind of work together uh, in that sense. But uh, I think it really is just more. He really just doesn't know that he's different. Hmm. I think he really does kind of think he's one of the guys. And the guys are kind of going, okay, you're just our weird friend that hangs out kind of with us. And we, we tolerate at times some of the things that you do. But, um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see this relationship between Russ and and Peyton, you know, this is going to be make or break of how the season is going to go. If those two can get along. Yeah. Be yourself for us. Whatever it is, who gives a hoot what Carl and I are doing here, sitting here, you know, Mike analyzing you or anything. Uh, just be yourself and go out there and play better football than you did this year. And uh, we won't care. And also, you know, he doesn't commit any crimes or anything like that. It's not like the Deshaun Watson stuff coming in here with that. You know, he's 
seems like a good dude, does a lot of work at the Children's Hospital, but we don't need to go down that path too much. Uh, I don't know if you did you see any of the interviews today speaking of that path, but Terry Bradshaw today out there at uh, Radio Row in Arizona, man, he went out of his way to uh, trash uh, Russell Wilson and then ended it with a, I don't know the guy though, uh, kind of a pretty, pretty uncomfortable uh, interview there with uh, Terry Bradshaw. Yeah, it almost feels like, and Sean Payton's done this a little bit himself, kind of building in some excuses if things don't work out this year of mm-hmm. you know the old coaching staff and some of the things that they brought in. I've got to work to correct a lot of the things that they did wrong. And, you know, now some of his TV people that have worked with him, you know, Peyton took this in spite of Russell Wilson, that that kind of whole conversation. And so now mm-hmm. it's kind of, a, OK, if he fails, it's Russell Wilson's fault because Russell didn't buy into the, you know, to the program kind of thing. And then he can be gone next year. Then it's the Peyton show after that. I, I don't know. I, I'm kind of with you. I hate to speak on people I really don't know. You know, I can speak on what I see on the field because, I mean, that's what we're watching with our eyes. But the actual personality and what they bring to the table behind the scenes, we, we get little snippets of information on those kind of things. But even there, you got to kind of work through it of who's saying it, why are they saying it, where did this really come from, all that information. So it's, I don't know, I, I guess to me with Russell Wilson this last year, I think he's probably been pretty humbled with how the year went. And you got a coach fired the second shortest stint in like the last 25 years of any coach. I, I would say that I would hope that'd be a little bit of a wake up call to the guy. We're fixing to find out. Uh, it's interesting. Yeah. We're going to listen to everything we can, all the rumors and whatnot with the relationship there. But uh, it was Peter King did an interview uh, today at Radio, Radio Row as well, talking about how Russell Wilson's been humbled a tad this season. He wanted Sean Payton in here and is going to be very receptive to criticism and coaching. And that's what you want to hear after last season. Yeah. I mean, I don't think anybody's happy with how last year went. So uh, what I'm happy about is Mike S coming in here saying, what's up, Broncos country? Good to see you, Mike. We also got our guy. Kevin Gray coming in saying, evening Broncos country. Happy to hear from everyone. Not sure who's on tonight, but what's up? It's Carl and I. It's Tuesday (laughs) night, so it's Carl and I hanging out with you. We've got Bradley Conger in here saying, looks like we'll be in Minnesota, uh, be the Minnesota Saints before long. Okay, bringing in players from Minnesota and New Orleans and coaching staff. I mean, I've said it on here a hundred times, and I'm not the first one to say it, but front offices, coaches, they bring in people they know. They bring in people they've worked with. Uh, Sometimes you'll see people bring exterior folks in, but a lot of times it's, I wouldn't say outright cronyism when it's people you've worked with in the past. When you're hiring your buddies, that's cronyism, but familiarity. Um, it's a, you know, who, it's a who you know league and it's a who you know world. Yeah. Yeah. You hate to bring in people that you don't really know what they're going to bring to the table. Like you can hear from other people and, and like Brock was with Desai for the defensive coordinator position. That's yeah. a, a Fangio. Hey, we trust you. We trust your word on, on defense. We've worked with this guy where you know that he's going to be good for the program. Some of that comes into play. But for the mm-hmm. most part, like you said, you, you were looking for guys that you have worked with before. You know, the offensive line coach, the Broncos, are bringing in. That's a guy that Sean Payton knows better than anybody of what he brings to the table, both as yeah. a player and as a coach. Uh, you know, you're looking at some of these other options for the offense that they're trying to bring in. Curry for the offensive coordinator position. Again, somebody he knows really well that he can get his program set up quickly. It's the same yeah. message throughout the entire organization rather than having to teach the coaches to then go teach the players. You're, you're taking a step out of there. Yeah. hundred percent Todd Ostendorf. Oh, I said it. I do. I need to work on my hundred percent. Somebody in the iTunes reviews said Nick says hundred percent. I do. I do way too often. So working on some new ones, hundred P Carl, hundred P uh, or hundo P Todd Ostendorf. Always a hundo P in here. Good evening, building the Broncos crew and Broncos country. Good to see you, Todd. We appreciate you coming in, joining us. Riptie, $2 over on YouTube, opening the floodgates there for the Super Chat, saying if Russell isn't on board, bench him. Uh, Sean Payton is the boss. There's an article today from NFL Network.com's, or NFL.com. Greg Rosenthal, who does a lot of good work for around the NFL at NFL.com, and he wrote an article about um, positions every single team in the AFC needs to target this offseason. And he said quarterback for the Broncos, talking about the – issues with Russell Wilson saying that Greg Rosenthal stated that he didn't think even Sean Payton could get uh, Russell Wilson back to league average quarterback level and that the Broncos should be looking to draft or pay somebody to come in to protect themselves. Another caveat about that, obviously this is the long format article from Greg. So he can't go into as much detail as I did talking about it uh, when I sent it into Chad, but 
Russell Wilson, I think, has $37 million guaranteed. Uh, that becomes guaranteed if injury this upcoming season for 20, the 2024 season. Uh, so if Russell Wilson is playing poor uh, this season, having a backup quarterback that you can turn to to soft bench rust to protect yourself from that guaranteed money if you wanted to move on is certainly something to consider. Now, it's the yeah. ugly side of business. We're not pulling for that by any means. <clears throat> Uh, but if he's playing poorly and the Broncos feel like that's their best option going forward, or there's weird locker room dynamics or head coach quarterback dynamics, then that's something that the, that a possible reality uh, in the future, not, I wouldn't say likely, but possible. Yeah. I mean, and like you said, Riptide, uh, Peyton is number one in this organization right now mm-hmm. behind ownership. Yeah. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Russell Wilson has fallen down that that order big time. Last year it was Russell Wilson at the top, everybody else kind of below all that. He's because of his play, he doesn't have that that cushion any longer with this team. So he has a bad year. If Peyton says, "Hey, I can't work with this guy. I'm done with him." And even during the season, if he says, "Hey, this guy's not willing to listen. He's not willing to buy in." Yeah, I'll bench him. And it's kind of like the Derek Carr situation with the McDaniel's. You hate to see it. And and I I don't think that was right what they did with Derek Carr. I don't think they've treated him well at all in this entire situation. And I hope that he does everything possible to make it very difficult on them this offseason. But again, if your guy's just not doing what you want him to do as a head coach, you got to make that kind of d- difficult decision. And then you got to live with the consequences if you do that to a, a guy that's been a starter for a long time. We got US yeah. Dave coming in saying aloha, aloha to you as well. Good to see you. And uh, Swink McLeod coming in saying, evening all. Thank you for tuning in here. Yeah, Mike Givens also keeping it rolling, saying good evening, Nick and Carl. Have a great trip, Nick. Uh, great show this morning. Yeah, I think did 50 minutes this morning by myself. My vocal cords are still uh, struggling, but we're doing okay. Did a mock draft simulator as well. Carl, how many picks do the Broncos have right now in this Is upcoming it- draft? Because I did the mock draft simulator, and I about lost my mind because I think they have the picks wrong. Is it five or six? I think they have five right now with no picks in the seventh round. I think okay. if I'm correct, they had two picks in the seventh round of the simulator. I'm like, this is wrong. <laughs> How could they do this to me and making me look foolish? I look like an idiot. I went back and looked. It's They don't have any sevenths right now, uh, at least according to the resources I looked at. But I digress. We'll see. The Broncos will probably end up with a seventh before the they are on the clock there. Michael Ronquillo coming in saying good evening. Nick and Carl building the Broncos. Good to see you. Our guy Paul saying hello, Carl, and Hawaii birthday boy. That's my name from now on, Hawaii birthday boy. Uh, have fun, uh, my friend. I will. I'm most excited about night scuba diving, night, excuse me, night snorkeling with manta rays. Ooh. Going to be very fun. Yeah. Greg Smith, good evening, Broncos country. Good to see you. Joey Grubbs, Nick is back and back and back again. Yep. He's, uh, they got me chained here. Luckily, Chad's letting me see the daylight here uh, this upcoming week, but then I'm going to be right back to the dungeon in my basement recording podcasts and writing articles. Phil McLaughlin coming in. Phil is always a huge supporter of the show. First one to drop a thumbs up on the way in on Facebook. You guys be like Phil. You don't have to be superstar, super chats like Phil, but if you're on Facebook right now, drop a thumbs up. We'd really appreciate that. He says, good evening, Nick and Carl. You're getting old, Nick. 
It's the first anniversary of my 30th birthday, so I guess I am getting old. Uh, have a great vacation. Carl, hope you did Harry Potter World as well. Go Broncos. Did you end up going to Universal or much more Disney? That's It was all Disney. That's okay. Yeah, we yeah. did Animal Kingdom, Epcot, Magic Kingdom, and uh, Hollywood Studios. Hmm. Well, very fun. I mean, God, getting out of Kansas in the winter and getting down to Florida, I'm sure it was a great mm-hmm. time with the family. So uh, Yeah, that was nice. Man, I'm... I'm, I'm not, I went to Disney world once and I was in high school. It was like an orchestra trip. Oh yeah, guys, I played violin. I'm really cool. Uh, but uh, <laughs> uh, that's uh, it was a good time. It's way too many people. Uh, yeah. That's uh, yeah, I'm much more in, in the woods, backpacking, get me away from people. Uh, Joey Grubb saying, what's one move on offense and defense that you'd like to see the Broncos do this year. Carl, I'll kick it to you first. Uh, let's talk offense. One move. You, this would be a great topic for a show that we'll probably circle back and change our answers to. Uh, but one move on the offense you'd like to see the Broncos do. I would like to see them highly invest on the interior offensive line. Get yourself, pay one guard and one center in this free agent class. Get some guys in there that have that experience, you know, and maybe it is bringing Glasgow back. I thought he played really well down the stretch for the Broncos. It seemed like he was kind of that nice, consistent piece for Mm -hmm. those last few games where Russ played a lot better. The entire offense started playing better. The run game started going it just seemed like he was kind of a catalyst to start getting some of that going for him. Um, so I, I would love to see them really invest on that area because, you know, Russ having that pocket to, to kind of step up into, I know he wants to evacuate as much as possible, but especially in the Sean Payton offense, you know, he's going to want Russ to have to stay in there a little bit more. And, uh, and, and the run game as well. I mean, that's the other big part of this is the Broncos really need to become a power run team. Like we're going to just bully everyone up front and then do the play action off of that. that that's going to be their way to success with this offense. And like I said, it starts with that interior group being a highly effective unit. What about you? I mean, investing in the offensive line is number one. That's uh, the, I don't want to just reiterate everything you said, specifically into your offensive line. It's not just the run game. It's keeping Russ from guys leaking into the backfield, resetting the pocket. I mean, last year, Cushenberry and Reisner had really good uh, pass protection metrics but those were being, I asked, uh, I think it was Seth Walden, uh, who does a lot of that stuff for ESPN, like what quantifies a pass rush win? And uh, it's like, if you keep your shoulders in front of those guys and stay on the block, it's a win. Well, guess what? If you're driven five yards back and you're still square in front of them, you won your rep. No, no you didn't. No, you didn't. No. Uh, so that's uh, one that they struggle with in terms of quantifying. So getting somebody strong at the point of attack where they can anchor and actually give Russ room to maneuver where he doesn't have guys in his face. Uh, but I'm going to pivot off that one a bit. And you mentioned the, the run game. I think the Broncos have to add running back talent this off season in some form or fashion and specifically take advantage of the free agency running back group. I think there's a deficiency uh, or a it's deficiency right now in the market for the running back position. I mean, when Saquon Barkley is getting paid, projected to get the same paid amount as what Corey Davis wide receiver is getting paid right now, you can probably take advantage of that market a bit. And I think this, free agency market is going to be flooded with running back options. So pay somebody, I wouldn't pay them a big long-term contract. Uh, If it's anything more than essentially a two-year deal, I'm out. Uh, But like a two-year deal, you can even have it higher in guarantees to protect yourself with Jonathan Williams coming off injury. Uh, That's something I'd look to do. And you mentioned it leaning into the run game. Uh, Also how much Russell Wilson's a home run to a check down quarterback, having a running back that if you give them the ball and a dump off, they can actually do something after the catch a little bit dynamic in that department. Also bringing in like what Sean Payton's done with the running backs in the past game. Uh, so I think, you know how much I've been anti running back for a while, but with how this team is set up right now with also how the way defenses are playing right now with how teams have gone so uh, far the other way with the running back, I think you can actually get more bang for your buck paying a quality running back that will be available in free agency than almost at any point in history. Not, again, yeah. not paying him a five-year deal. I'm not looking to reset the market paying Saquon Barkley or something, but let's say, Dalvin Cook becomes available and you can pay him a three-year contract, essentially a two-year deal with the way the guarantees work out. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Sign me up. That sounds great to me. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, Defense. Yeah. I'll go first on this too. Uh, I mean, interior defensive line, I think is going to be a huge, what what they're going to do. Do you bring back Draymond Jones? It seems so up and down with that guy. Um, Not, not on the field. I'm talking more like just, what he does on social media. I know everybody gets driven crazy by what Russell Wilson does. Draymond Jones is the guy that drives me crazy because he has no problem just doing something that just puts you on edge of what is this guy thinking? 
you know, at one point he's sitting there talking about Sean Payton and I can't wait to play for this guy and he's going to be doing great things. And the next moment, liking tweets of how horrible it is to be trading for a quarterback when you have all these other holes that you need to fill and, you know, hating Russell Wilson and some of the things that he does. And so I, like, I want him back because they're very, he's a very talented player, mm-hmm. but I'm starting to think maybe it is just time to do that sign and trade, get that draft capital and then have that money to be able to spend even on that interior defense line, maybe bring in two guys for the price of what Draymond would be bringing. Now they're not going to be as talented, but at least you got some depth to, to be able to kind of rotate that unit. For me, uh, defensive side of the ball, I think they should restructure Justin Simmons' contract, uh, give him more guarantees up front, and maybe even add a year onto it. I'm not interested in trading Justin Simmons. I think he's a safety that can play in any scheme in this league and a very good uh, locker room guy as well. If you want to free up some cash in the immediacy, uh, re- approaching Justin Simmons with a restructure or even a somewhat of an extension that uh, lowers his cap hit this season while Ray, uh Bumping up his guarantees in the immediacy and uh, long term, I think, is a move that I would do. I think you know people talk about maybe trading Justin Simmons, but safety's aged pretty well. Uh, that's one thing out there. I know he had an injury this season, still had led the NFL, tied for the league lead in interceptions, and I think he's scheme uh, independent. Uh, so I'd be approaching Justin Simmons with a restructure, get in some cash now. Maybe you can throw in some at the offensive line. Maybe you can throw in some of that money, bring back Alex Singleton or something like that. But yeah, uh, I think that's a contract I'd be interested in keeping and that's more just because of how much i'm interested in keeping around justin simmons right Uh. hey it's kaylee cuoco for priceline ready to go to your happy place for a happy price well why didn't you say so just download the priceline app right now and save up to 60 percent on hotels so whether it's cousin kevin's kazoo concert in kansas city go kevin or becky's bachelorette bash in bermuda you never have to miss a trip ever again so download the priceline app today your savings are waiting Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So moving on, Leroy Williams, Mile High Salute guys, back at you. Good evening from Dallas, born and raised in Philly, man. You got fun, fun times out there. By the way, I'm pulling for the Eagles on Sunday. I despise the Chiefs. Get in line, man. I am freaking yep. sick and tired of the Chiefs. I was talking to my mom on my dog walk this morning. She's like, oh, you are you not watching the Super Bowl this year in Hawaii? We'll see what happens. Um, but I'm more interested in Hawaii. And it's like, well, don't you care? I'm like, I don't care as long as the Chiefs are in because I'm so tired of them. Like, I just have Chiefs fatigue. And this is me. Oh, boo-hoo. Chiefs fans clip this, you know, point at me, laugh, whatever. But, like, I'm done. I just, I'm so tired yeah. of Kansas City. So, um, I yeah, know. I despise the Chiefs. They're not the Raiders for me. They're not even the Tom Brady-led Patriots yet because we're in such a different league than them. So it's just like it's apathy versus full-on hatred. Yeah. No, and I live in Chiefs Kingdom, and I have all these Chiefs people going, hey, aren't you going to wear red on Sunday? No. Like, why do you think I'd ever cheer for the Chiefs? The only team that I would maybe cheer them against is the Raiders, just because I hate the Raiders that much. But even there, like, it's a very close thing because of how good the Chiefs have been recently. But I've got Riptide coming back in again, says, this is why Teddy B needs to be brought back. Hey, I'd be fine with it. He knows Sean Payton well. Played really well, actually, under him. Got himself a really nice contract from that time with Sean Payton. And as I wouldn't mind seeing one of those quarterbacks that's worked with him before, that he doesn't need as many reps to be ready yeah. for the season. He just he already knows the the, the system. He knows the, the play calls. Um, I think he'd be a great backup at this point. Cost-wise, that might be a concern because I think he still might want a decent amount. I mean, it, it's... Just because Broncos are short on cap space. Man. So we got to be a little careful of how we're going to do that. And like I said, we can rework some contracts. But we got Michael Ronquillo coming in saying, thanks, Mile High Huddle Podcast, for selection. Me as the winner of the January Facebook Stars Bronco jersey giveaway. Go Broncos. Michael, you've earned it, man. You've been around. I don't, I don't know how long you've been around. You, it's been a long time, and I appreciate it seeing you week in, week out. Um, I'm, I know your day in, day out, but for me, it's week in, week out. 
and always appreciate those encouraging words after the show on on Twitter. And so, yeah, definitely excited for you to win that jersey, bud. Yeah, appreciate you, Michael. And uh, thanks, Riptide, for the $2 super. Uh, Greg Rosenthal also mentioned that article bringing back Teddy Bridgewater for that exact reason that you mentioned, Carl, familiarity with uh, Sean Payton out there, obviously, for a couple years in New Orleans. I wouldn't be against it. I don't know what the relationship would be like with Teddy Bridgewater in Denver, considering he was the quarterback here with a lot of these players. But you've had two two regime changes since then. So I don't know if, if it's something the Broncos would be interested in, then I think he'd be a fine backup. I mean, by all accounts, he's a really good dude and liked in the locker room. The one that I'm most interested in, um, and he might be out of the Broncos price range. He might not be interested in coming in and being a backup in Denver either. Uh, but I really think Jacoby Brissett would be an awesome option for the Broncos as well. This would be his fifth team in the league. So he's not really look, I don't think he's going to be getting big time starter money or anything like that. He's going to be 31 or 32 years old. And he was awesome. Uh, this last year in Cleveland, a team mm-hmm. that was pretty desperate for pass catching talent. Amari Cooper out there was pretty good, but they're looking, that's like their number one need on that team on offense this off season uh, for that Browns team. And the Browns defense was horrific uh, when Jacoby Brissett was the starter, but he finished the season uh, base quarterbacks with at least 200 snaps uh, 13th in football outsiders, D Y A R. That's an accumulation stat. So obviously the more you play, the more you'll have, but the DVOA, that's a rank stat. He's seventh best quarterback in the NFL. According to that finished eighth best in ESPN's QBR 12th best in EPA per play and third best in a completion percentage over expected. So he had a really good year. I don't think people are talking yeah. about it very much. And the thing that I like the most about Jacoby Brissett is that everywhere he's been, his teammates adore him. He is one of the guys in the locker room. They rally around him. Maybe that's something that because he'd be too liked, it'd be an issue in the locker room um, for the Broncos. Maybe they don't want to get somebody that's that much liked by the players uh, to create some issues there. But uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. But I really think Jacoby Brissett, somebody I would be interested in if he doesn't get a starting job from like Arizona this season or Tampa Bay or something like that. Right. Yep. Adam Strange, the Broncos have a defensive coordinator. Not yet, at least when the show started up today, uh, interviewing Sean Desai today of defensive assistant form uh, defensive assistant with Seattle, former defensive coordinator with the bears defensive backs coach with Vic Fangio for a number of years, uh, master's to de- graduate degree, PhD, maybe from Columbia, smart guy, uh, Vic Fangio, uh, tapped on disciple, one of his guys of choice in Denver. So, uh, so, or for this position. So we'll see. It does seem like Sean Payton, the fact that he wanted to go get Vic Fangio, Vic Fangio kind of maybe not want to come back to Denver, given everything goes to Miami instead, but I think Sean Payton wants the Vic Fangio scheme. Yeah. Uh, here in Denver, I think he's identified that as what's the toughest for him to do and where NFL offenses are struggling again. So he wants that scheme. Desai might be your best option for that, but uh, we'll see. We saw last year at Donatel, the Vikings thought they signed up for the same thing with Ed Donatel and the Vikings defense was horrible. So you still got to have the the horses out there. Uh, but Sean Desai had his meeting today. I wouldn't be shocked if it was announced tomorrow that he's the uh, new defensive coordinator. Yep, I'm with you there. It doesn't seem like there's really anybody else in competition with him. Chris Richards, maybe Chris Richards. Uh, I guess there's a chance that Mike Zimmer could be interviewed without anybody known uh, because yeah. he's not part of a team or an NFL organization right now. But uh, yeah, I think right now it sounds, seems like a one horse race uh, for the Broncos, the defensive coordinator spot. We'll see if that changes though. I mean, gosh, it's uh, the coaching staffs are always interesting to see how they come together. We got our guy Keone coming in saying aloha. Hope our seven year famine is over. God, I'm starving Keone. Uh, we also got Patrick coming in. Aloha. Also good to see you, Mr. Number. I'll see you. I'll be on the islands with you guys tomorrow. I'll be on big Island though. So I don't know where you guys are at, but it's going to be a great time. Todd and coming in saying, got, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, had some good coffee this morning, mm, God, some white macadamia coffee. nut that he had sent me. So appreciate, appreciate that Patrick. God, so good. Yeah. I yeah. bragged in my office, brought in some of the tea as well. Todd Ostendorf saying, hi, Nick and Carl. Good to see you, Todd. Phil saying, I'm hoping that Russ is comeback player of the year. I'm hoping that he plays well enough to even get a vote next year, but he certainly would be a candidate. It would be interesting to see uh, what happens there. Lee McNair saying, are there any players on the Saints team Sean might try to go for? Well, I mentioned it earlier. It seems like there could be a lot of cap casualties this year or running backs available for cheap, cheap, cheap trade. If Alvin Kamara is released or available for like a 2024 seventh round pick, uh, if you eat the, and eat, eat the salary, then sure. Uh, that'd be something that would interest me. I'm not sure what his contract would look like exactly, but that there's been some talk about the saints potentially moving on from him. I know there's been some talk about Michael Thomas as well, potentially being a guy that could be uh, a piece. The Broncos could target to acquire that big slot kind of player there for the uh, saints for a number of years. Uh, maybe some, the issue is right now on the defensive side of the ball, they have some guys that would be interesting and available, but 
Atlanta has a bleep ton of money and they just hired the Falcons co-defensive former co-defense, excuse me, the saints, former co-defensive coordinator and defensive line coach. So I think like Marcus Davenport, uh, the, I can't pronounce his name, the nose tackle from the saints, who's really talented as well His name starts with an a one of the best run stoppers in football. I think those guys are going to end up in Atlanta following their defensive line coach code coordinator out there. But two, two names that make some sense to me on the saints there with uh, Thomas and maybe Kamara as well. Yeah. Uh, I've heard Andrews Pete is another that could possibly be a cap casualty. I know he's, he's actually got a lot of dead money though. So I don't know if it really actually benefits the saints a whole lot to get rid of him. But yeah, I, I do think all coaches, like we said earlier, they go to what they know. And if there's a player you think is going to fit well, yeah, you bring them in. And especially for the offensive line, running back, like you said, fits his system, what he wants to be able to do. But we got David coming in with the $2 super. Thank you, David, saying Sean Desai or Chris Richard for defensive coordinator. Pick one. I'll go Desai. I I guess getting the, the Fangio stamp of approval weighs pretty big for me. You know, I know Fangio, the off, the head coach, not great. But yeah. there's nobody that knows defense better than Fangio in this league right now, in my opinion. And if he says, hey, go get this guy. And like I said earlier, I mean, if nothing else, like he's really, really smart guy. He, he brings a lot of knowledge to the game. Sounds like he's done a great job coaching up secondaries. You look at that Seattle Seahawks secondary this year. They had a rookie that played outstanding. Yeah. They, they outproduced what anybody ever thought possible for that team. So you think of some of the young secondary players here for the Broncos, Damari Mathis, um, even Patrick Sutan. I mean, taking him even to another level. Yes, he was number one quarterback in, in all of football this year, but even taking him to another level, man, that that gets scary. So I, I think I would probably go with him. Yeah. I would as well. Uh, that'd be one that would interest me. Also, we got Ruben coming in talking about the running back comment earlier. Why in the world would Cook come to Denver? We have uh, Javante Williams. Also, I think there was a mention of, I don't know if it was from, uh, oh, here we go. Also, Latavius Murray is a backup. Latavius Murray is a free agent. He might be back. I think he'd love to be back. It's kind of weird the love fest Denver fans have with him right now. He's fine um, down the stretch. Not really dynamic, but they really needed to run the ball, and he was a volume carrier, and it worked uh, for them down yeah. the stretch. Not really do, did much after the catch, but you know that's that's fine. That's not his game. As far as Javante Williams goes, guys, I'm I am scared to death that Javante Williams will not even be available next season, let alone be anything close to what he used to be. Uh, so he tore two ligaments in his knee in October. Uh, that could be a 12 month recovery. It could be a 16 month recovery. It could be never. Um, so there's the date. The more ligaments you tear in the knee, harder harder it is to come back. So. If I was yeah. approaching this offseason as George Payton, I would assume that you don't see Javante Williams next season. And anything right. you do get from him is a bonus. Right. Or right sucks. now, I if I was being optimistic, I think by week eight, you could maybe start seeing a little bit of the old Javante Williams. But that's that's being optimistic. <laughs> the, the idea that he would be as good as he was his rookie season at the beginning of the season, I think that's – that's asking for a miracle right there. But we got uh, Riptide coming back in with another super chat here saying the worst contract other than Wilson is Gregory. Yeah, it's definitely not looking very good right now. Um, hopefully, it's going to be interesting to see who they bring in for a training staff and yeah. whether we can start seeing some of these injuries get back under control and maybe Gregory starts living up to it. I guess the Gregory contract doesn't bother me too much because it really wasn't too bad. You know, it's really two years, $28 million compared so to $14 million. Jones. Yeah. It's kind of chump change at that point. I mean, it's not anything to laugh about or anything like that. You still hope you can get some production from him. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of a worse contract, I guess, at this point. Yeah. But you're, you're probably right. It is probably the worst one other than Wilson this last offseason. Yeah. Hundred uh, percent. We'll see how it, uh, what happens. God, I said hundred percent again. Worst contract, Gregory. Um, trying to think of one that would be worse. I mean, the the short terms of like you know, obviously they got almost like nothing of Tom Compton, but he's already gone. You don't have many. Maybe maybe you argue Cortland Sutton's contract right now. I know he's not getting paid very much, but he really struggled this year. The Wilson one's the albatross, and the way Gregory is set up, it's not great. Uh, but you can save a lot of money moving on from him after this season. So hopefully it uh, gets better out there 
uh, for him this season. They need him, uh, no doubt about that. Degeneration X coming in $5 saying, hey, Carl and Nick, I'd like to see them pay the Texas A&M running back, uh, Akane, uh, Devon Akane, I yeah. believe is how you pronounce the name. Yeah, five foot eight, 185-pound track star player at Texas A&M. I mean, watching his tape, it's weird because he moves different. I mean, it just it looks like he's like playing on rookie mode. And you know how the, they have the force multipliers on you when you're playing on rookie mode, like a player that yeah. shouldn't be that fast is like just flying by everybody else. <laughs> kind of looks like that out there. And that's against SEC competition. Yeah. Now he's a little bit smaller. Uh, you're going to be limited in what you can do with him in terms of pass protection. Uh, if you If he gets isolated against a rushing linebacker, uh oh, you know, that kind of thing. And I didn't see a lot from him as far as a dynamic advanced route runner out of the backfield, yeah. but uh, no doubt he's an athlete uh, because he's 5'8, 185. He's, he's light, but he's not like real thin uh, because of right. just how he's proportionately. So, yeah, he's a, he's a really fun player. And also, bonus for him, uh, special teams. He can be a returner. Right. Well, and I think like if you would pair him with like a Latavius Murray. Yeah. So you get Murray in free agency, then you bring in that guy in the draft. I think that'd be a nice little combination there. One, two punch until you can get Williams back. So I, I'd definitely be for it, but you, you have to counter him with somebody else for sure. Like I said, you need somebody that can be in there for pass protection. Murray really proved himself well in the passing game, both as a receiver and as a, a blocker those last few games. So um, I, I'd love to see Murray back. I just want to see the contract to bring him back. Like if it's a couple million dollars, Great. Do it. Go for it. If he's wanting like that five to $7 million for the running back position, I'm saying, you know what? I like these. There, there's 20 other running backs out here on the market that make yeah. a whole lot of sense that are younger, um, have less miles on them, all those kind of things. So it'll just kind of depend on that. But we got Mike Gibbons coming in here with a 1999 super chat. Thank you so much there, Mike. If you got a question for us, definitely put it in the chat. We'd love to, to get to any questions that you have, but appreciate you supporting the show. Yeah, appreciate you so much, Mike. Glenn coming in saying second edition of a mock draft tonight. No mock draft tonight, uh, Glenn. We'll uh, get there when we get closer. We'll see what the Broncos pick is. I'm waiting for the uh, Draft Network mock draft simulator to get going there. Um, that's one that I'd be interested in. I like to use the different uh, big boards out there. I like how PFF, you can up the randomness and positional value and teams drafting on needs versus value just kind of to mess with that a little bit. But I mean, they had, they had Julius Brents like at pick 175 right now. So waiting until there's a new big board uh, out there that we can use. So we got Doug coming in here saying Randy Gregory is going to kick ass next year. If he stays healthy, it's a big if on the health part, given his career to date. But when he was out there this season, he was incredible uh, as yeah. far as the ability out there. I mean, he moves and plays and the body type and athleticism to the body type is you know, top 10 pick worthy uh, out there, but he's got to stay healthy. He's also got to keep his cool. I mean, what he losing his temper in that Rams game. I get it. You're getting your butt kicked on in getting clowned by Patrick starfish on the slime game on Nickelodeon Christmas day. Nobody wanted that to happen, uh, but uh, you can't act like that. And I like the press conference afterwards where, you know, he's talking about it and he's like, I shouldn't have done that taking accountability, but it's kind of like, I don't want to compare him to this, but it kind of reminds me of an Adama Sue, you know, who's like, you listen to Dominican Sue. He's obviously an intelligent person and uh, mm -hmm. well-spoken and whatnot, but then he goes and does Tom foolery, butthead, buttheadery on the field. And it's just like, you can say that after the fact, but like you keep doing this. Uh, so something that uh, I think Gregory can have a great year next year. Got to stay healthy. Also got to keep your head in the game and got to keep your emotions in check in an yeah. emotional game. I know that's a hard ask, but it's just, it's what it is. Right. Well, I mean, look at the, the AFC championship game one huge mistake. I mean, it wasn't yeah. the only reason the Bengals lost that game, yep. but obviously like that was a, a big one there at the end of the, you know, late hit out of bounds. Yep. Could have gone to overtime, but that didn't happen. And uh, who knows what happens at that point, but we got Ernie Mays coming in saying, go Eagles. <laughs> yeah. I saw a map earlier that was showing which areas were cheering for which teams and it was good to see that they didn't have Colorado cheering for the chiefs. A couple times I've seen where they've like, I don't know. It feels like they've only asked like Eastern Colorado or something like that, who they're cheering for. And a few of them have said the chiefs or something. I don't know. It just seems weird, but thankfully Colorado strictly for the Eagles. All right, I think guys, it's three, probably something where uh, you see, you ask these people, um, here's the poll on the bottom click if you want. And Bronco fans are just like scrolling right past it where the chiefs fans in that area are certainly voting. So yeah, I can uh, see that the polling, the sampling there is, is flawed. 
uh, string guy coming in. Hi, Carl. Good to see you back. Scott posted a video calling, I uh, called a guy the next Brock Purdy. Sorry, I don't remember his name. Do you think he might be available in the later rounds? Talked about Jake Hayner. Uh, he said the next Brock wow. Purdy because Jim Nagy compared him to being, hey, this guy could maybe be the next Brock Purdy. I don't think he's the next Brock Purdy. I don't think he moves the same uh, as Brock. Brock's got a little bit more playmaking ability and some flexibility, I guess, in his ability to throw the football. Yeah, he got a little bit more baseball player to him that he can create off different platforms and different arm angles than I saw from Jake Hayner. But yeah, Jake Hayner could be available rounds five through seven. I think he will get drafted. I know that a uh, friend of mine, I talk with him pretty often, uh, Dane Brugler, who does a lot of uh, draft work for the uh, the athletic. I don't think there's not many draft analysts that are better than Dane out there. Right. Uh, but uh, he's, he really likes Jake Hayner a lot, his makeup. If you want to go back and watch a fun highlight of Jake, uh, go find the 2021 tape of Fresno State versus UCLA, where he led a incredible comeback against the obviously more talented uh, UCLA Bruins. But uh, I don't know. I He's fine. Uh, I think he's an up, definitely an upgrade from Brett. Britt Rippon, but yeah. I don't think I am looking to, for him to be anything ever more than a number two quarterback. And I don't even think like a high end number two quarterback. Yeah. And, and I'd say this about Brock Purdy. He went to the perfect situation. Oh yeah, for sure. You know, I, I think if he was on any of the other 31 teams, he's not doing what he's doing. Yeah. He's got the, the best, I think probably the best system of being able to, at least hide the weaknesses of quarterbacks and really make things very easy for them on the reads and where the ball's going on top of that, obviously having the weapons that they do makes it very easy. They've got a great offensive line. So there's just a lot of things that play into that. Um, I was going to ask you this question. Who are the top three head coaches when it comes to being able to take average quarterbacks and make them look good? Top three, man, you blindsided me on this one. Kyle Shannon obviously has yeah. got to be one of them uh, up there. And a lot of people will say Sean Payton. I think that's probably an easy one to say. It's got Andy Reid, actually, too. I mean, when freaking Chad Henney can go in there and run the offense and score points when Patrick Mahomes gets hurt and like win them playoff games a couple years ago against the Browns yeah. when Mahomes gets hurt. I mean, that's unbelievable. I mean, what he did with uh, Alex Smith as well, pretty darn impressive. So uh, Andy Reid's up there. Then maybe you'd argue Sean Payton after that. The results were mixed uh, with uh, Jameis Winston, although he was injured, results mixed with uh, the, just in general in the post-Drew Brees era, but it's got to be up there. Uh, so yeah. those are the names that stick out to me right now. Ooh, maybe Frank Reich, uh, what he was able to do with uh, that Nick Foles team, the uh, Carson Wentz team, and then also Doug Mer- I mean, uh, not uh, Doug Peterson as well. So, I mean, there's some, there's some good ones out there. I think the top two for sure, though, would be Kyle Shanahan and Andy Reid. Sean McVay is another name out there. Yes, that's another good one too. Yeah, uh, I do think Sean Payton's up there, which is the nice yeah. thing for the Broncos that that maybe they can find that diamond in the rough. They don't have to use a first round pick on a guy to find success from the quarterback position. Yeah. And yeah, I, I do think the post Drew Brees time, um, Winston was having some of his best time until he got mm-hmm. injured. So at yeah. least you got to see that. You got to see little flashes of what he could be. And then I guess he had Trevor Simeon come in. And, Ian well, Book, Taysom yeah. Hill. <laughs> yeah. But even Taysom Hill, like when Winston went down, he had some decent games there. I think, was that one of them that he played against the Broncos? Yeah, that was when the Broncos didn't have a quarterback. Yep. Kendall Hinton <laughs> yeah. Hall of Fame game. Uh-huh. Oh, God man. bless. Yeah. But uh but yeah, so it's you get to see at least a little bit of that. And so I, I would love to see the Broncos use a pick on a mid-round, late-round pick guy. Just like I said, maybe you're just updating on Brett Rippon. And maybe you're catching a Brock Purdy kind of situation that it works out. If not, then you've got your full arsenal of picks the next year as well. Yeah, 100% on that. God, I need to get that out of my brain. 99% there, Carl. Uh, D Generation X, $5 saying, uh, what players in free agency this year that might not get a franchise tag would you be interested in the Broncos to get? If any of Caleb McGarry, uh, Mike McGlinchey, Jawan Taylor become available, those are probably the premium right tackles this cycle. Be nice yep. for the Broncos to make a big investment in that position. I don't think it's do or die. Like if the Broncos don't wind up with one of those guys, you know, all is lost. I don't believe in that, but it'd be nice to walk away with a for sure, solid uh, right tackle out there. Be worried a little bit about the return on investment on those guys. You're probably paying more than what they're worth given the scarcity of the position, although the market dictates value. Any 
anyway, uh, but those are ones that would interest me uh, for the Broncos out there. I can't think of anybody else right now off the top of my head. Maybe uh, Connor uh, McGovern coming back. I don't think he's going to get the tag. Isaac Simialu, another guy, but I don't think he's going to get the tag. So uh, those are the names that stick out to me. Those right tackles um, potentially might get tagged, and uh, those ones would be of some value. Yeah, I'm with you there. And you talked about earlier, there's going to be a plethora of free agent running backs. There's going to be some nice names that could be actually very plus players for this team. And I really have, uh, if I think that's the one position where you might be able to get B plus talent for like B type money. Yeah. Just because like I said, there's just so many of them out there that no team really wants to pay. And, and this is a pretty decent running back class. I'd say in the draft yeah. where you're still finding some guys in that mid to, to late round picks. And so again, it drives down that price of guys that otherwise might be getting some decent contracts. Hunter, I d- definitely agree with you on that one. Uh, some other names that uh, would interest me here, just looking at the list, uh, potentially somebody like a Javon Hargrave uh, from the Eagles interior defensive line. There's some options, especially if you lose Draymond Jones, Deron Payne is going to be available also and uh, then you have what was the next one here uh dalvin tomlinson so some alabama guys there. i know you are a big dalvin tomlinson guy coming out of alabama i remember that was some of our earlier uh draft podcasts when we were doing just the podcast side not the live stream so uh some defensive line names there to keep an eye on the broncos defensive line room after if they lose draymond jones of free agency or they tag and trade him becomes extremely questionable uh and that's a position that maybe the broncos will look to invest in uh, i definitely believe in um, investing in the trenches on both sides of the ball if at all possible. Uh, we also got coming in here, and this is, he knows how to get me in a question here. What do you guys think it would take to get Tristan Wirfs? More than the Broncos have available, unfortunately. Uh, you're probably talking about the Laramie Tunstall trade. What do you get, two ones? I don't think the Broncos have the ability to give that up, even though Tristan Wirfs is amazing. And, uh, man, really, really great player from the University of Iowa. I loved him in that draft. David Bristol coming in with $2. Thank you so much, David. Uh, we appreciate you so much. I hope you're having a great Tuesday uh, and uh, hope you have a great night. Richard Miles saying, sorry, I'm late. How's everyone doing? We're doing good. And it'd be even better if everybody joined us today, watching on Facebook and YouTube, drop a thumbs up uh, on the, uh, the way in hanging out with us. I know not everybody's in a position to contribute to the super chats, the super stickers, superstars, whatever. That's fine. Uh, but a little thumbs up or a heart, like our guy, Brian Flores coming in here on Facebook uh, would do us a heck of a lot of good. We'd appreciate that so much. Uh, continuing here. Carl, uh, any rumors that you want to get into as far as the Broncos coaching staff? Uh, there's been some names. Obviously, we've talked a little bit of Sean Desai. Uh, talked a lot of, I talked a lot about his scheme this morning. Anybody in the offensive side of the ball that uh, we've been hearing anything about for the Broncos potentially filling out their staff? Uh, well, I know, uh, is it Ronald Curry? Yes. Is one for the offensive coordinator position. Uh, he was the running backs coach, or no, quarterbacks coach, sorry, for the, the Saints here this last season. And sounds like there, there's a good chance he'll be joining the Broncos staff and some, it's, it seems like it's between him and Joe Lombard, Lombardi, both guys that have worked with Sean Payton before. Obviously Sean Payton's going to be calling the place. Yeah. So we don't really have to worry about that, but you know, getting a guy that can work with the quarterback and get Russell Wilson on the same page uh, that that'll be huge for the Broncos. And so I've heard a lot of good things about Curry uh, I, I don't really know a whole lot about them. I mean, that's kind of the hard part about all this is like you can see some of their work that they do with certain players and say, oh, yeah, look, they, they did pretty good here. But taking that jump up to the next level, we never know quite how they're going to to do when they, they make that jump. So um, but this one's kind of different because it's more like he's staying in the same position, just getting a different title. Because yeah. like I said, Sean Payton's the offense coordinator at this point. And David, so, I'm going to, I'm going to rescue you, Dave. Uh, he says, somebody rescue me. I try, can't get the chat in there with the super chat at the same time. If you do this and then comment right afterwards, if you do something like that, $2 and then the comment, I'll get you. It says, yeah. uh, who do you think the Broncos could trade for cheap clap space or collect some draft picks? Uh, maybe I could see the Broncos two names. I'd keep an eye on here uh, for the Broncos potentially approaching with a restructure. And then if they don't get a restructure, then maybe you hear some rumors about them being chopped. Uh, one would be, Garrett Bowles. Uh, I know that some people that have been close to Garrett Bowles have mentioned that uh, Broncos might have approached him with a restructuring. He said no, and that might put him on the market uh, this offseason. Probably it's going to be more costly to find his replacement with the dead cap on top with Garrett Bowles, but 
something to consider uh, there for the Broncos. And then maybe Cortland Sutton as well. If they trade him with a post-June 1st designation, they can clear some cap space, spread it over two seasons. And maybe if you're bringing in Michael Thomas, you're looking to move some of that cap uh, from the wide receiver position and what you're paying it right now. So those are some names that stick out to me. I don't think you can trade Ronald Darby coming off that injury. He'd be a name as well. That would stick out, but I don't think you're going to be able to do that. Uh, so, and then obviously we mentioned Draymond Jones earlier, but those are the names that stand out. Yeah. Ronald Darby. I think it's more, like you said, he'd have to probably be a cut or a restructure. One of the two yeah. for the Broncos. Um, Garrett Bowles, I, I guess, let me ask you this question. What is the benefit of a player not restructuring? Because a lot of times they get more guarantees added when they restructure get a little bit more protection why would a player not restructure uh they want to be able to hit the market again sooner uh sometimes there's also a loss in some of the incentives that they can hit so they get more guaranteed money but it may be not more money later on uh, as well so it lowers the potential earnings on the contract uh while raising the guarantees okay i just wanted to get that clear out there of why because it does seem weird of like i said you get those guarantees you as a player, when you don't know if you're going to be able to play two years from now, let alone this next season, sometimes getting those guarantees is a big deal. Yeah, like just easy math. Let's say there's a contract for, let's just say, 10. Whatever unit it is, it's 10, and you have five guarantee on it. Okay, well, then I want to lower that uh, that 10 uh, coming up here, but I'm going to pay you a seven guaranteed now. So now it's in your pocket for sure, but we're lowering it to uh, seven guaranteed with eight possible. So the potential earnings drop but the guarantees come in a lot of times players do that because guaranteed pockets uh, guaranteed money in your pocket is good to have and also it gives you long-term flexibility a lot of times when these restructures happen the way the guarantees work it's spread out over the duration of the contract so you are more likely to stay and stay where you are uh, for multiple seasons going forward it's one reason that you know the broncos could restructure russell wilson's contract don't think they will because you're losing the flexibility already limited flexibility of moving on from him if he struggles again this next season so uh, right We'll be interesting to see what happens. Back to Ronald Curry, though. Wanted to talk about him, and one of my thoughts on this, uh, coached with Sean Payton there in the Saints for a number of years, former player uh, drafted by the Raiders and seventh-round pick out of North Carolina. Uh, we don't want any Raiders. Uh, whatever. It's, it was a long time ago. It was the uh, 20, 2002 draft. I don't even remember that <laughs> that draft. I was pretty darn young. Uh, but he's been in coaching with the Saints since 2016, came up as an offensive assistant. 2016 to 2017 wide receivers coach 2018 to 2020. And then also the uh, quarterbacks coach from 2021 to present, including obviously a year as a quarterbacks coach underneath uh, Sean Payton. You mentioned it earlier. Saints can block people getting uh, lateral moves out there. But if you give, let's say the names right out there have been thrown out right now for the Broncos. We've heard uh, Curry, obviously Ronald Kirby. We also heard uh, Joe Lombardi out there for the recently fired offensive coordinator from the chargers, who was the offensive coordinator underneath Sean Payton for a number of years as well. You could bring in Curry uh, with a promotion from quarterbacks coach to offensive coordinator in Denver, and then also bring in Joe Lombardi as the quarterbacks coach coach slash assistant head coach or anything like that. And that would be a promotion from him. So you could actually have both coaches in there that you still want. Sean Payton's still the head honcho calling the plays and the offensive designer, so that way you can still bring in Curry who you want and Joe Lombardi. You're just changing the title somewhat on that. So kind of silly moves that you have to do here for this kind of stuff with the NFL, but it's the way the rules are set up. So something to uh, consider and we'll see if the Broncos do something like that. Yeah. And I see a few people asking, why not bring Wade Phillips back? I'd say one would be, I don't think we have the pieces here in Denver to run his system well. I think that's part of why a lot of people love the Vic Fangio system is you don't always have to have as much talent to be able to still have a very successful system. It's not so much based on individuals as it is just a collective unit. And so I think that'd be one reason that I just, I would shy away from going in that direction. I love Wade Phillips, love what he did here in Denver, but he also had the perfect situation. Guys stayed healthy, had incredible talent. I mean, we're talking like maybe four or five guys are going to end up in the hall of fame. Eventually that's a rare combination to be able to get. And those other positions, those maybe other five or six positions had really talented guys. It wasn't like they were just horrible players and you were relying on these five hall of fame players. So uh, I don't want to take anything away from Wade Phillips, but it was perfect coach for a perfect situation. 
Ed Phillips is 75 years old. Uh, yeah. How demanding coaching is, the hours you have to put in. I mean, I don't think he'd really want it. I'm speaking for him there, but I would be shocked if he really wanted the grind of coaching and the demands of that, the hours at 75 years old. Uh, so he had a great time in Denver. If he wants to come in and be, you know, the Dom Capers defensive uh, associate or whatever, a supervisor, some sort of role where you can come in and bend his ear if you want and talk a little bit of thing or go over tape with him. Sure. But as far as the defensive coordinator, I think that ship has a long sail. It's been 10 years since he was one of the older defensive coordinators in football when the Broncos won the Super Bowl, I guess eight years. Uh, But I don't think that's uh, I don't think that's in the future for the Broncos or or for Wade. Uh, So Todd Ostendorf, two dollars coming in saying how to prioritize edge rusher, offensive guard and center and free agency. Edge rushers are going to be good. Edge rushers are going to be extremely uh, expensive in free agency. It's the second highest paid position in football. If you want to bring in a rotational player, I think that's a possibility. Or if you want to bring in somebody that's way more scheme specific, if you're changing schemes at all up front, I think you could do that with a veteran on like their third contract kind of guy. Uh, But as far as uh, free agency goes, I'm not looking to pay edge rusher big money uh, this cycle, just how the team is set up. I would be okay paying a guard or a center big money. Carl, you mentioned earlier paying both of them big. I'd be okay bringing in, making a big splash at one of those spots and then going a little bit cheaper or rookie route on the other one. But I think you do have to walk away with a no doubt, you know, plug and play plus player at garden center, preferably center. Maybe it's something like you trade for a Ryan Jensen. I'm going to just keep whispering that one into the universe <laughs> until it happens with the Tampa Bay teardown seeming inevitable. Uh, yeah. But uh, I think you have to pay for an interior guy to come in and just be like safe, put that piece on the table and be like, okay, that's our guy there at center for the next three years. Right. No, I'm, I'm completely with you. I, Maybe I'm being a little too optimistic thinking that you can pay both because the Broncos are still going to be a little bit limited. I mean, they have plenty of cash. They can make contracts work if they really want to. They can blow up future cap situations and it kind of be like the Saints where it was with Drew Brees, where they just kept mm-hmm. pushing it back further and further. And, and you can make that work. You're going to have one year where you're going to, or one or two years, we're going to have to pay the piper kind of thing. Um, but for sure, like I said, uh, you got to fill one of those spots in free agency. You got to make sure you got your your starter that can come in, be that true veteran on the the offensive line. Yeah. And like I said I'd really love to see them bring Graham Blasco back. I know cheap. he hasn't. I know, it's yeah, he, he's got to be cheap. <laughs> yes, I agree. But I, I still like the way that he played. I still like that he is a nice veteran presence there. I think he's a smart guy. Injuries have kind of zapped him these last couple of years. But if he can stay healthy. I think he would be a huge solidifier for that entire unit. Would be good. Uh, no doubt about that. And Carl, we haven't had a chance much to talk about this yet. I want your, before we close this on up, um, I want your take on the press conference yesterday. Any drive home points after listening to Sean Payton, listening to other people react to Sean Payton stuff. Uh, George Payton talk about it, a little side interview. I was, you guys have, we always have great interviews up front with the press conference, you know, the big Denver sponsored background, but then they have a second interview off to the side afterwards. That's always where you get much better uh, information uh, doing the NFL combine. I think it was four years in a row and Elway would have it. He have that one up front where everybody got to follow him. And then the Denver media got to go into a back room uh, with him and ask some more uh, questions where it's not the as much of a rubber stamp, you know, more story building ones where you can get a little bit more specific with him and saw that yesterday with Peyton as well. But uh any th- and that's where we found out the tidbit about not having a personal coach uh, in the yeah. building with uh, Russell Wilson. But any thoughts on Sean Payton's introductory press conference that occurred yesterday in Dub Valley? Well, I, we've talked about this before on here, but it felt like we got a grown up in the room now. Mm-hmm. You know, Hackett last year, I, like I loved his interviews because he had lots of energy, but it was always the we got Russell Wilson. Holy cow! Look at us! Like woo and. You know, he's more of a cheerleader on the side. Yeah. And, you know, he's wanting to talk about his Star Wars and all those kind of things. Um, and, and like I said, I love the energy. But it did kind of feel childish at times. And then you kind of saw where Russell Wilson came in and, and he just took over. And he was like, I'm going to be the adult in the room. I'm going to have my own team in here. I'm going to have my own coaches. I'm going to do my own thing. And it was just like Hackett lost everything from the very beginning. And then, you know, like hearing about Hackett took the, the media room where they did all their interviews, turned it into a game room for the team. Like, I understand you want to build that chemistry. You want to build that, 
the unity among the group. But it just felt like there's so many things that he was doing, just trying to be friends with the players, not be the real coach. Where Sean Payton, I mean, he didn't hold back. It wasn't a, hey, I'm going to go talk to Russ about these things. It's no, this is just not happening in my building. Mm-hmm. And he just, he established control from the very beginning. And I was thinking my dad was a teacher for a while. And he said, he always told me, he said, day one, you have to start out strong. Because you can always relax as the year goes on. But you can never start out relaxed day one and try to get stronger as the year goes on. Like they'll never buy into it. And so the fact that he started out with a very strong message day one makes me feel so much better about this situation. Yeah, I agree with you. And one of the big talking points coming out of it, uh, just Sean Payton making Russell Wilson one of the 53. Uh, mm-hmm. How does that work out there? You know, you're not special. Yeah, you're one of the team. And if you're not all pulling in the same direction or you have your own agenda, I think it was Sean King as well talked about, uh, you know, not bringing in, you know, your own media team in there. That that stuff's over with uh, in Dove Valley. We'll see what the relationship look like, looks like going forward, but it'll be interesting to follow. Uh, no doubt about that. Greg Smith coming in saying, great podcast, Broncos country. Good to see you back, Carl. Yeah, we appreciate you. Um, he also sting guy says, uh, Carl, wake up, Eric, and you guys cover BFB next week would be great. Yeah. We'll see. Um, I think Scott is still going to be gone as well. So you might have to shake Eric a bit. You might have to get your privileges though, um, figured out because otherwise it's going to (laughs) be, that might be an issue (laughs) on that one, but, uh, I'll talk to Chad. We'll see what we can get worked out. Maybe Eric and I will get a show in this next week. Would be fun. No doubt. We got Daniel Yost coming in saying, uh, so do you guys think we should get in free agency and should we trade to add for the Broncos under the new head coach, Sean Payton? Talk about some names already. I think you got to bring in a running back. You got to bring in uh, somebody on the offensive line, if not two offensive linemen. And I'd love to bring back Alex Singleton. Now what the defense looks like is going to change dramatically. If they are bringing in Sean Desai, I think that Alex Singleton would be fine to bring back. If they're looking to bring in somebody with more aggressive tendencies that wants to bl- blitz those linebackers, I want somebody with more size and athleticism uh, that you can create more pass rushing mismatches with. If you want somebody who's going to put those linebackers in space more uh, in coverage and true man coverage out there, I want somebody with a little bit more athleticism. But I think that right now things are pointing to Sean Desai, which then in that case, Alex Singleton would be good if his market uh, was bigger than what the Broncos could afford. Maybe somebody like Cody Barton could come in. I know that I mentioned that name in the chat and Eric said, ah, he's not very good. You, Broncos would probably go cheap at the room if they're bringing him in. And it's somebody that uh, would know the scheme coming in from Seattle. So a name to yeah. keep on an eye on as well. Well, and I think last year, a lot of us would have said Singleton's not very good. Yeah. And he just came in to a right scheme. You know, sometimes that that's the big thing is the guy's just not in the right scheme. Yeah. You, you got, you're asking, I always think of cornerbacks as a great example. Maybe you have an off ball guy that's trying to play press coverage and he can't do it. He can't flip his hips and run down the field. He needs his eyes forward or vice versa on that. Um, you know, sometimes I can't remember who it was, but Broncos were trying to run a two gap system and a guy was more of a one gapper on the defensive line. What and year? so I can't remember. It was, it's a few years ago. I think it was before the Fangio years hmm. might've been under okay. Vance Joseph, but um, but I just remember like he kept wanting to shoot gaps and it was destroying the defensive line, what they were supposed to be doing. But when he was trying to two gap, he was just getting shoved out of the play anyway. And so it just was not a, a very good fit. I think he was a great player just in the wrong scheme. Uh, yep. I mean, I'm going to have to look that up and see who it was, but that's something uh, that Scott and I disagree on pretty often. Uh, as far as he said, you know, just draft good players. I'm like, well, you also want to know exactly what you're looking for, what they're going to be asked to do because you know, your Tariq Woolen is much different than your Jair Alexander. Uh, so you want to put them in a scheme that makes, uh, makes sense for them. Uh, yeah. So we'll see what happens uh, Todd saying Glasgow could return if you agree to restructure. We'll see. I'd be happy in it for him coming back to a near veteran minimum contract for two or three years, maybe slightly more than that. But I think he's a good flex option on the interior. If he's your first guy off the bench in the interior, your second guy off the bench in the interior, that'd be okay. You need to have somebody young uh, with him as well. But uh, I think Glasgow could probably be a coach if uh, he wanted to do that in the future and having somebody like that with flexibility on the interior wouldn't be a bad idea. And uh, Kareem coming in with a question here. Last one before we get on out, what was the first Broncos Jersey you guys owned? I had two different Elway jerseys. I had a white one and a blue one. I wore them often and uh, yeah, I didn't have an orange one. Uh, I'm all in on the orange nowadays. 
uh, but they had a blue and a white Elway jersey. And God, man, he he was the dude. I had a, a blue Terrell Davis jersey, mm-hmm. and I remember wearing it for that that first Super Bowl against the the Packers. Or well, okay, first Super Bowl the Broncos won. Yeah, and uh, I I did the the fake dive or the the dive that Terrell Davis did when he was not being able to see very well because of his migraine. Mm-hmm. And I dove over my couch right into a bowl of pudding. And so I had chocolate pudding all down the front of this jersey. I didn't care. Is that when you lost your teeth? No, no, that was a very different situation. <laughs> God, I thought there was a diving involved. Um, but uh, was, all right, guys. Well, uh, all right, guys. Well, we're going to have to wrap it up. Uh, appreciate everyone coming in. Uh, make sure you're following Carl and I on Twitter. Carl is at Carl Dumbler MHH. I'm at Nick Kendall MHH. Also, make sure you're following us at uh, – God, he made the wrong one. It's Scott put in, or Chad put in the wrong one. It's a BTB underscore pod uh, here, as well as at Mile High Huddle. If you haven't done so yet, make sure you're following us at Mile High Huddle Pod, uh, Facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle Pod, and Facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle. And as the ticker says underneath there, subscribe, like, and share if you're joining us on YouTube. Click that bell notification so that way you, you know when we go live. I'm going to be out for a little bit. I will be back again next uh, Thursday morning on the 16th. So nice, nice vacation vacation for me i'm not bringing my computer thank god i put in my away message today i won't be checking my emails don't bother messaging me if you need something too damn bad um but uh taking my first vac- vacation for pleasure since uh pre-rona so excited for that i mean i live in washington state i've been doing backpacking trips constantly right. in the summer it's kind of a vacation but like going somewhere and doing something that isn't a friend or a family member getting married Ugh, yawn back to no just kidding <laughs> but uh, excited to do that and uh, you'll have to hold down the fort for me for a little bit, Carl. Hopefully uh, you don't miss me too much. Well, you know, it, it's never the same without you, but I know you'll have a good time. You know, I, I get it. I mean, I just went on my vacation here this last week. It was it was much needed. Loved it. Miss it. And so hope you have a good time there in Hawaii. You know, maybe you can pick up some nice coffee there from Patrick mm-hmm. right in, in person. But uh Anyway, like I said, have a good time. Get some good hikes in. Have some fun swimming with those manta rays at night. And uh, stay safe, bud. All right. Well, we appreciate you guys. Make sure you always continue to choose kindness and compassion. Appreciate everyone coming in today and supporting us. And as always, go Broncos. It's still going. I don't know. Did it close for you? Nope. Huh. <laughs> Somebody in the chat, let us know if we're still going here. Having trouble connecting and broadcast. Nope. Huh. <laughs> Somebody in the chat, let us know if we're still going here. Having trouble connecting and broadcast. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.